What's up, Kingsters? This is Kinkyistics with Kristen. And Jamie. We're here to pleasure all your holes, so let's jump into it. This month, A Lesbian's Guide to Women. Annalise Finch is content. She has a job she enjoys, lives close to her family and friends, and spends most Wednesday nights drinking wine with her grandma. According to her grandma, though, she has lost her sparkle, and the only solution is to join a site to hook up with other women. The only problem, aside from a meddling grandma with a dirty mind, is Annalise doesn't like women. At least that's what she always thought. But when she meets Brinley Adams, she starts to question everything. Brinley Adams loves women, but not commitment. She's more than happy picking up ladies at the bar she works at to have a little fun. When a hot blonde walks into her bar and completely fails to go home with the woman she came home with, came in with, what choice does Brinley have but to take her under her wings? Their arrangement is perfect. Brinley will teach Annalise everything she knows about pleasing a woman, and in turn, Brinley gets to have a little fun herself. Since neither of them are interested in any sort of commitment, what what could possibly go wrong? It's not like this is a romantic comedy. Kristen, what did... I think it's hilarious because she hated this book. She couldn't even finish it. And I absolutely loved it. Like, I have very little notes on it because I was so focused. Oh, my goodness. I have so many notes in my head, like, (laughs) about this book. My only problem was the whole every time Annalise did something, Brenly was like, oh, my God, you're so good. And it's like, no, 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 she wouldn't be. No, she would not. <laughs> like, she was just like, oh my God, how are you so good at this? Are you sure this is your first time? Yeah, like. And it's like, no, that that wouldn't be the case. That's your only problem? Yeah. Okay. Mm. Mm. Part, of, part of my problem is the fact that the print copy, and I this is why I do buy the print copy, is so we can see the differences. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, you get the online copy, and you can adjust the spacing as you wish. Mm-hmm. Um, the print copy can't obviously do that, and there's no spacing. It's a one, maybe less. This bitch is on top of each other. Yeah, that's and their weird. font choice that they picked for this is like, oh my goodness, it's like a courier. It's very hard to read in print Mm -hmm. she should have done like a times new roman or something something else other than just like yeah the very stark starkness of this font uh that was like my first bitch i was like okay you know what yeah i can get over that well i I told you to try to read it on the kindle so that way you could mess with the spacing and whatnot yeah yeah i know And, and and it was better after i got some sleep but part of it <laughs> is every other fucking word is a goddamn adverb, Kristen. Every <laughs> every fucking word. Incorrectly, simply. This is just the first page of adverbs, okay? Um, we got incorrectly, simply, honestly, really, um, apparently, actually, apparently, again, on the same page. You get apparently twice. Like this, like she, there's so many fucking adverbs. There's so many fucking ad. I said, this is like 50 shades of gray. 
you did tell me that like several times you were like this is as bad as 50 shades was and i was just like how i loved it <laughs> lots of people love 50 shades of gray that's, that's why true. it was so popular for me her there's no you don't know when other than the fact that this is a bar in philadelphia Mm -hmm. you really have no other idea of what's going on. You don't know what it looks like. That's you true. don't know like anything about the time period. It could have been the fucking seventies for all we know. And that's going to completely like, because she never overtly states, Hey, this is a contemporary novel, like in the writing. Somebody that picks this up well, in 20 years. Smartphones. Yes. Yes. They have smartphones, but guess what? 20 years ago, we had smartphones too. And that shit was bad. But it worked. <laughs> you could also clock in and out with a computer 20 years ago. Yeah. So in what, 10, 20 years? This book's like completely out of date and you have no idea about the concepts. Right? <laughs> the characters are all very one-dimensional. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a collection of type A, like, stereotypes, she said, oh, we need a silly grandma. Oh, we need a kooky best friend. Oh, our two lesbian protagonists, one's going to be, like, kind of a cool butch late one, and one of them's going to be a super femme one, and she's going to be so shy and so cute. <laughs> I mean, like, there's not much, like, thought into the characters. Yeah. 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 I loved the grandma. The grandma, I, you know what? She was the only part that I kept reading for. And I did skip to the back to make sure she lived. <laughs> but like, there's no, there's no emotional arc because the, the way these two ladies, you know, they're going to end up together. Right. I mean, like, so the, why keep reading if you know they're going to be together in the end? There's no like tension build up for the sex it's just sex 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 yeah sex 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 and some of the scenes are hot some of them aren't because there's so many of them mm -hmm. um, well i mean that's what the book is about well yeah and i would have been okay with that if they were hot or there was like you know enough of a lead up to the sex mm -hmm. but we're supposed to be buying that these two are falling in love with each other right and when all they do is have sex, they're building a relationship off sex. That's not going to last. No. That's not love. That's, like, lust, sure, there's lots of fucking lust in this book. But they don't love each other. And that's not even including the fact that we don't even talk about Annalise and her sexual journey. And what she, because, I mean, okay, you want an emotional pull for, like, people to invest themselves into this book? Focus on Annalise and focus on her journey of going from being a straight woman to the queer woman that she ends up being. Well, it's in there, but it's not... She does actually come out to her parents, and she does actually come out to Natalie and to Brinley. Um, but they don't... It's not a main focus, like it should be. It should be a main focus, and that's that's part of my problem. And did, did she end up being bi or... Well, She's bi. Okay. I kind of figured that's where she was going with this. And you can tell a lesbian wrote this book and she has never met an actual fucking bisexual in her goddamn life. <gasps> Kristen. Because I, as a bisexual woman, who has known since I was in puberty that I was a bisexual woman, I know that's not for everybody. 
Right. And not everybody has that same journey. But, and trust me, like, I am on every bisexual, like, forum on Reddit. And, you know, like, there's a lot of conversations about biphobia and stuff. And I've experienced plenty of biphobia from both my lesbian friends and from my straight friends. Hmm. Yeah, like, lesbians actually are more biphobic than some of the straight people I know. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. The reason why I ended up with Josh, one of his big shining, like, beacons he wasn't biphobic he wasn't biphobic i told him that i was bisexual and i loved women as much as i love men and for me like i'm very much 50 50 on Mm -hmm. romance and sexuality like it doesn't um yeah they both are up there for me as both men and women but like he just like was like cool he loved that about me Mm-hmm. He embraced it. We we look at titties together, and we're like, he'll send me titties. Be like, look at these. I'll be like, yes. <laughs> you know, like, whereas like other pe- other relationships I had, both with men and women, they were like, yeah, no, you need to pick a side. And I've had less. Like, I have a uh, quite a few lesbian friends, but um. One couple, uh, well, okay. How do I explain this? Um, because I don't want to use their names. All right, I'll give them like fake names. Let's go with, um, Cam and Jennifer. Okay. Okay. Cam and Jennifer and I were working on a project together, um, at our church. And, you know, we were talking casually. And for me, I've been very open about my bisexuality my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've always embraced it. I've never, like, had to be in the closet. And it's one of the few things my mother did correctly as a parent was allow me that space to be who I was going to be sexually. Um, she actually was really surprised I ended up marrying a man. She's like, anyway. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but... <laughs> We were having a conversation about sexuality together because we're pretty good friends and we like talk about things. And I had mentioned I was bisexual. And for me, when I was with a woman, this is how it, like, it was for me and my experiences. And they were like, mm, but you're with a man now. So you're kind of straight. That's not how that works. Yeah, I know. And I'm like, that's. That's mm. yeah. That's what I'm saying. This and they love me. We spend plenty of time together. I've watched their kids, both of their kids. Hmm. And every time, like, it's just like, but because they've only known me in this re- because I'm in a committed relationship with a man, they just like assume that that's done. I'm no longer bisexual. I'm just a straight woman. And I'm just like, and it, it irritates me. And I felt that with this book. I felt that kind of shit with her and the way mm. she treated bisexuality. Because I wanted to see it from, a, from not from Brinley, from the lesbian's point of view. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see it from Annalise's point of view. I wanted to see the bisexual's actual experience. Not just a little paragraph lip service to her sexual journey 
that you get in the first hundred pages. You get a little <laughs> bit of it later in the book, um, but it's not enough. It's not. Um, she does everybody that she talks to, like with um, oh god, what's his name? Grant. Yeah. He was like, oh. I, I thought you knew you were bi. I knew you were bi from the get-go. It was like, we would always look at women together. And then Natalie was like, do you remember this one person from sixth grade? You were obsessed with her and you loved her. And she was only in school for six months because she was there like the middle of the school year. And then when summer came around, she was like, sorry, my dad's moving again. His job, this, this, this. Because I guess she was a military brat. Yeah. Um, and she was like, and you were just devastated. She was like, I knew you were gay then, <laughs> or I knew you were bisexual then. Right. Um, and then her mom references the same person. She was like, do you remember this? And she's like, oh my God. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, I knew you were bisexual then. Cause she was like, mom, I think I'm, and she's like, yo honey, I know. And yeah. she was like, what do you mean? You know? And that's okay. Like sometimes you put the pieces together before everybody around you but i would have liked to see annalise putting those pieces together she didn't really put the pieces together there was a lot of telling in this book not showing in this book right and that irritated me Kristen, so much <laughs> she just kept telling us stuff yeah and her bisexuality should have been the core of this book. It Anna should have been. Annalise figuring out herself and finding love through that journey should have been what this book was about. Yeah. And instead, it was about two lesbians banging the whole way through. Yeah. And had she done it better, I would have been here for it. Because, I mean, like, some of the scenes were pretty hot. Mm -hmm. Some of the scenes were just so, so lame. <laughs> and I kept getting pulled out by all the fucking adverbs. Yeah. And the lack of description. Like, I would have liked to know how the, the, the sheets rustled against their skin while they were, like, you know, messing around. Or maybe how her skin felt and, like, you know, the softness of it. Or the, um, or the way the, 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 way the sweat would, like, bead on her forehead or you know mm -hmm. whatever like some kind of like some details in there to describe it because it feels like a really long story that my friend is telling me and they're slightly high <laughs> and not in a good way like i can tell some crazy stories when i'm high but it usually sounds like a giant rant that, that's my big, those are my biggest problems with this book. I can keep going, but I feel like an hour of me ranting about <laughs> this book would be like Fifty Shades all over again. Um, Especially, I liked the syllabus. The syllabus was fun. The syllabus was a unique take, and she could have leaned more into that rather than glossing over that. They reference it here and there, but it's not... Yeah. Yeah. At first, I thought it was a page of contents... Because it's the very beginning of the book, so I thought Same. it was... And then, like, I got to it, and it was, like, chapter one. And I was like, what? Right. She could have just put them, like, as lessons, rather than 20, like, 
chapter 20, she could have been like lesson one, two, three, four, five. Right. That's then, what I thought she was going to do. And then six, and then quiz one, you know, like broke up the chapters like she did the syllabus, but she didn't. Right. Or introduced the syllabus when it actually came up in the book. Right. Instead of putting it in the very front of the book. Yeah. Yeah. Because that would make more sense than the, this, the way the book was laid out. Mm-hmm. I think she had way too many ideas and didn't know what the fuck to do with them. It's possible. She also name dropped herself in here. She did. I because did not in appreciate the syllabus, that. Um, there was like suggested reading, and the very first book was another book by Erica Lee. Yes, which is the author. Yep. And and um, actually, later in the book, um, Annalise is actually reading the one by Erica Lee, and Brenly's like, "Oh, hey, da 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 da, Erica Lee, I love her," or something like that, and it's like. Yeah. Do you really have to name drop yourself that heavily? Like, I understand, you know, putting one in there in the syllabus just to kind of be like... Haha, <laughs> wink, wink, that's me. Right. But doing it that big and that was just kind of... Tacky? Cringy. Yeah. Cringy is a word for it, too. I thought it was cute that she had wine with her grandma every Wednesday. And then it was cute. And then it ended up being Nat- her and Natalie and Grandma because of the whole... Um, Them trying to get her to, like, hook up app. Uh-huh. And then following the... Dr- See, and they were, like, getting updates, but we weren't getting weekly updates. No. No. Even if the, she treated it where we got weekly updates of what was going on, but there were so many jumps. Mm-hmm. And they weren't very, like... well calculated jumps because mm-hmm. i can i understand the fact that you have to skip ahead over the boring stuff but i feel it and especially when you're just having a bunch of sex over and over again there's no actual conversations then that's okay but like there's a missed opportunity for conversation and connection of building the relationship right after they have sex for the first time and she's like they they you know where they like actually make each other come mm-hmm. and she spends the night she like was like oh hey you want to actually stay over tonight and we can watch a movie and just kind of relax and numb out and that's cool and the next morning okay i understand that jump but the next morning she has this opportunity over breakfast mm-hmm. for them to talk and for the sex to naturally come out of that right but rather annalise is the horny bisexual and decides that she's gonna jump she says, I don't want bacon and eggs. I want you. Get naked mm-hmm. now. And then they go have sex. And it's like... Yeah. They never actually talk about it. Right. There's no process of feelings. There's no, like, letting the, the audience into the relationship. It's... Yeah. Yeah. So, what did you love about this book? Because I, like... <laughs> I could give you a full essay on what I hate about this book. And why it's a... A, a disa- creative writing disaster. Was that your door? No. Okay. Um, see, now you're making me rethink it. Oh, maybe it was. Hello? Oh, hey. So what I love about this book. Well, what I've got <laughs> notes. 
I really liked the syllabus. Uh-huh. Um, I liked that we got both POVs. Um, I think it's really cool when they do that. And I thought they did the POVs really well. She did do the switch pretty well. Yeah. Um, because there wasn't like, I don't think there was any um, switches in the middle of chapters. No. When they do that, that messes with my brain. That's fair. Unless there's like a specific but if like she... break in the chapter and then it says that it's the other person or like if there's some sort of like she did the stars when there was time jumps in the middle of chapters. Uh-huh. If there was that and then a jump in POV, it's okay. But like sometimes they don't do that and it's just randomly there's a switch in POVs and it's just like, what the hell? Why did you do that? That doesn't make any sense. Now, if she didn't tell you whose POV was whose. I don't think I would have been able to follow it. Yeah. I Because the char- like you said earlier, the characters were so one dimensional <laughs> that it, it was hard to differentiate sometimes even when she told you yeah 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 um wine wednesday was great i I really liked that they did those i might start my own wine wednesday (laughs) get drunk with my dog (laughs) i liked the relationship that she had with her grandma um that's something that i don't have that i wish i did um and that's just the grandmothers that I have, I guess. <laughs> um, That's fair. One of them lives in Sedalia, which is, I think it's two and a half hours away from where I am. Yeah, it's a, it's an hour and a half from here. Yeah. And you live an extra 20 minutes, so yeah. Yeah. It's about a two hour drive from your yeah. house. Um, And then the other one lives in Garden City, which isn't that much of a drive. It's only like an hour. Yeah. But, I mean, we're not really close. Right. Um, and I would never talk to my grandmother the way that she talks to hers. And I don't know anybody that would. I would. I would talk. There's, okay. When my, when my grandmothers were alive, okay. I had one grandma. Mm-mm, nope. I, she was so stern and so, so strict. There uh-huh. was no, like, we didn't really have much of a relationship. Even as an adult, like mm-hmm. we would talk about things. It was always like something you could talk to a business partner about kind of relationship. Okay. Um, but my other grandma, my grandma Helena, she was amazing. And you could talk like that with her. She worked in a lesbian and gay bar back oh. in the 80s. My grandpa, this is the the woman who was married to my grandpa, divorced him when he came out of the closet as gay. Huh. And then back when, you know, like, that happened a lot, you if you were gay, even if you were gay, you suppressed those feelings, got married, and had a family. Right. She was supportive of him through that. And they didn't stop being best friends because she was that amazing. And one of the last memories I have with her is um, we, I had gone out to San Diego and we were having a party and she was there. I was drunk. All my cousins were fucking drunk. Like everybody was drunk off margaritas because my auntie was like making the best Mm -hmm. and we were all getting wasted. Well, my, my dad barbecued and my grandma just sit, sat there, watched and giggled, mm-hmm. you know, like there was never any disrespect, but she was always so open with conversation and with, you know, your, like the way you talked with her, you, she gave you space to be free and open about mm-hmm. who you were and she never held back. 
when it came to like conversations about everything. That's cool. Yeah. She's, she was one of those dream grandmas, like the one in the book. Mm-hmm. But you kind of have that relationship with your mom. Yeah. So you don't need a grandma like that. <laughs> <laughs> because my you... mom would never push me to have sex with women, though. No. No, she wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's quite happy that I'm with a man. Yes. I mean, she doesn't mind the fact that Right, she I'm did. pansexual. She doesn't necessarily talk about it. We don't really get into that. But, like, I think she's kind of accepted the fact that I am. Um, because, like, she she painted her nails for Pride Month this month. Aw, that's so cute. I'm so glad she's starting to embrace that stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, and then we had that conversation about me being um, non-binary. And it, I thought it didn't go well. And then she sent me this thing saying, I don't know what the heck it means to be non-binary. And it was like this article about it. And we haven't really talked about it since. But I feel like maybe she's trying to. Yeah. She seems like an internal processor. Somebody that has yes. to like really sit with herself and the like sit with the idea inside of her head for a while before she can like externally show it. Right. Yeah. Whereas I, I, it's so weird. You're for me. an external. Oh, I'm a hundred percent an external yeah, processor. I know. Yeah, my teachers always thought it was amazing how I could sit down and write a, a ten-page essay in like four hours, as long as I had all the sources, like, if I find the sources ahead of time, and I like kind of mm-hmm. like let it bubble in my head. I don't act- actively think about it, but just let it bubble. Hmm. I could just sit down and write the paper, hmm. and it would. I get an A every time. Hmm. It's because that's how my brain works. Yeah. I don't think about it until I sit down to process my feelings. But once it's out, it's out. Yeah. There's no, like, hmm. it helps with processing trauma, too. I'm sure. Yeah. Because once I get it out there and I let it go, it's gone. Hmm. Versus. I wish I could do that. Yeah. I mean, like, it's, it doesn't get rid of all the trauma all the time, but it definitely helps get rid of the, like, the, keep the PTSD from uh getting too bad yeah and getting flashbacks and stuff so Mm -hmm. that part's cool um you know it'd be kind of nice as if there was some kind of flaws with these characters yeah they're all mary sue's they were too perfect all of them yep one of them had like brinley had a little fucked up toe yeah she called it her chode toe yeah I mean, they Which were hot. Annalise said that they were actually, it actually was kind of disgusting, but she pretended. She was like, eh, I love your toe. Because Brenly was like, I'll never have sex with you again unless you say you love my toe. I still. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. I mean, like, I feel they like. They talked about how they were best friends and that it was more than just sex, but. It really was just sex. It was. You never, from the reader's perspective. Yeah. There's never any, like, moments where you're just sitting and seeing these humorous moments away from sex. It's either right before sex or right after sex. hmm And I would have liked to see, like, maybe breakfast the next morning. You know, maybe somebody's sick sick. You got snot everywhere or there's mm-hmm. puke somewhere, you know, like, cause with serious relationships, 
Josh has seen me literally at my worst. Right. I mean, so, so I'm so gross. As an external processor, I'm constantly saying shit I shouldn't say. Like, I should be keeping <laughs> these as inside thoughts. And he hears it all. <laughs> and he still loves you. He still loves me. And I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> I'm insane. I'm gross. I, like, I have so many character flaws. But all of those, I guess, are, you know, cute to him. Or he, I don't know. I don't, I don't understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't get any of that authenticity. No. From the relationship with these two. I liked that it was a dirty rom-com. I liked it was a dirty rom-com too. I just wish she had done a better job. Yeah. There was, there was a lot of good ideas in the book, but all of them were poorly executed to me. Yeah. I can see that. I'm so sorry that I just ruined this book for you. <laughs> I'm Did so- you get to the dicky part? No. No. Oh. Uh, uh, What's the dicky part? Tell us about the dicky part. Okay, so Annalise's birthday. Okay. Um, she invites Brindley out um to be with her friends. Whether she had its group of friends, and that's where she talks to Grant. Um, because she invited Grant to her birthday. Which Grant yeah. is the ex that broke her heart. Um, and Brinley was surprised about that. And she was like, oh no, he's a sweetheart. We're still friends. Um, but anyway, after that, um, Annalise wants to ride Brinley using the dildo that she had used earlier. And so Brinley was like, you know how to put that on, right? And she was like, oh yeah, totally. And she takes the dildo and she sticks it right in the middle of her forehead and she goes, this is how you do it, right? <laughs> and it was hilarious. Um, but anyway, when the dildo fell off, it left a big purple mark on her forehead. That's awesome. So then um, later on in the book, Grandma goes, how did she get that? She won't tell me. Because <laughs> um, something happens and Brinley ends up going to Wine Wednesday um, and it's just Grandma and Brinley. Um, and so she ends up telling her because grandma does the whole, oh, I'm going to die. I'm dying of a heart attack. <laughs> and she told her, and then she, grandma ends up calling it a dicky because it's a dick hickey. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was cute and it was hilarious. That's adorable. Yeah. Wish there was more moments like that and not just one. In this <laughs> I feel like there was not enough comedy either. Mm. Like... I would have liked to have some of those moments in the beginning. And, yeah. You know, like, see some of that humor. Yeah, it was... And maybe not with Brindley right off the bat. I can understand that. But with Grandma and with Natalie, uh-huh. who she has these... Supposed to have these really strong relationships with. She's always, like, this little mouse. She's always so, like... Yeah. She, um... Brunley realizes she's following her Annalise. That's actually something that happens later on in the book. Like, she actually says it out loud or, like, thinks it. Yeah, I kind of figured eventually she would get there. Right. Yeah. Um, But she realizes this after Annalise invites her over for Christmas because she found out at Thanksgiving that Brunley wasn't doing anything for the holidays because it's chaotic because her both of her parents have 
several exes. So then she spends time with all of like her step families as well. Oh, or, wow. Like, her ex step families. So she says it's literally like a week of going back and forth to all these different houses and whatnot. Um, so she was like, I just decided I wasn't doing the holidays this year because she had to stay home and study for her MCATs. Yeah. Um, so then Annalise decides that she's going to invite her home for the holidays. And then Brenly realizes afterwards, she's like, I'm falling for her. And I just said that I would spend the biggest holiday of the year with her. Oh, shit. <laughs> and then um, during that, like, while they're there, that's when um, Annalise tells mom, I'm by. And she's like, oh, honey, I knew that when you said you were bringing your girlfriend to christmas and she's like she's not my girlfriend and she's like honey you brought her to christmas right that woman that was just in here helping me wash dishes is madly in love with you <laughs> like she's like you guys may not realize it yet but you guys are perfect and yeah. that's like how is she how are they perfect all they do is have sex um but she says that she's been waiting for you know basically Annalise's whole life for someone like Brinley to show up and she was like man woman it didn't matter that was up in the air and that's when Annalise was like what do you mean and that's when she tells her about well when you were in sixth grade <laughs> she's like I've known since then yeah yeah um so I thought Christmas was cute um mom actually had PJs made for everybody apparently it's a thing that she does every year for the family that sounds expensive to me in my head, that's what I'm thinking. Oh my god, you're talking like twenty, twenty five dollars a set, and if there's ten I don't people know in mom... the family, that's two hundred fifty dollars just on PJs. Um, she only does it for the immediate family members. Okay. So Annalise, her brother, um, brother's wife, mom, dad, um, grandma. Grandma always refuses to wear them. Um, and then Brentley. She made so, a set for Brenda. So this year. seven times right. twenty-five. Right. It doesn't matter if she like almost a two either she bought them or she made them. I'm they're not it's yeah. not quite sure. Right, but you're looking at one seventy-five to two hundred dollars just on PJs. Mm-hmm. But she made sure that Brenly had a set. Sorry, that, that's and I thought sweet. that was cute. Um, but yes, that's a lot for PJs. Yeah, I and mean- she does it every year. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. Like, Matching PJs for everybody every year for Christmas. It's um, a lot of money just for PJs. I mean, it's not like they wear the PJs either. They're naked most nights. <laughs> so, good job, Mom. Trying to get that Instagram photo on Christmas. That's what that is. Yep, she and said, Grandma takes the photo because... Grandma's like, fuck that Instagram. I'm not wearing the PJs. And Brenly was like, oh, well, I was going to be nice and wear the... Or take the picture for you guys. And Mom's like, no, you're in the photo. You're wearing the PJs. Grandma takes the picture. <laughs> That's right. I'm going to be Grandma. I'm also going to call all of my grandchildren, no matter what gender they pick, as Billy. Everyone's <laughs> Billy. <laughs> From South Park. Okay. <laughs> okay, so Stan's grandpa is old as shit. Like okay. he's chasing after death, trying to get death to touch him so he could die. Okay. Um, he hates being alive, but he forgets Stan's name all the time, calls him Billy. And so we're like Jack. And Jack's like, because <sighs> we used to call him Billy. We'd be like, Billy. And he's like, oh my God. He rolled his eyes and said, just you wait. When you have kids, all of them are going to be called Billy. 
<laughs> and we're just like, Bella, get over here. <laughs> That's cute. Yeah. Um, the day of the MCATs, Annalise um, realizes that she um, has to tell Brenly. Like, she knew she was going to tell Brenly after the MCATs, but she was going to wait until, like, a week after or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but she gets a text message from Lexi, which is this girl that she's been fucking off and on, um, saying that she wants to have a date. And because of that, she decides that she has to do the thing today. So she ends up making this um, trail of rose petals in the apartment, like, in Brenly's apartment. And then you walk into the bedroom and there's this heart of rose petals. Oh my God. Like every fucking romance (laughs) scene from every romance movie. But the difference is there's a pizza box in the middle of the heart and it's Brindley's favorite pizza. Still it's lame. Yeah. Because that's even a ripoff of something that only happened in one good rom-com. Like if you think about it, all your good rom-coms don't have that shit. Right. I still thought it was cute that she did it. It's, I guess. It's cute, but it is gimmicky. It's very gimmicky. There's a lot. I, oh, she even jokes about it, and she's like, "I'm sorry, I had a lot, a lot of time, and this and this and this." And then they open the door, and it's like, "Oh my god!" And like they joke about it being a rom com, and they joke about it being cheesy, because usually Annalise isn't that romantic or cheesy, and Brenly sure as hell isn't, because Brenly's swan yeah. off of relationships right so you still love this book don't you i see all of its flaws <laughs> it's okay like it's a i mean i still enjoyed it that's what's important i mean i i feel like that's important to say i might not have enjoyed it because i am a bit of a writing snob now mm-hmm. um and I criticize my own work just as badly, which is probably why I haven't put anything out in a while. <laughs> right. You're probably worse on your own. Oh, so much worse. Um, <laughs> because, you know, if I'm going to talk this much shit about everybody else, I expect mine to be just as good, if not better. Mm-hmm. And so, like, ugh, that's a whole other, like, set of issues. But um, I, it doesn't really matter, like if it's well written or not Mm -hmm. if people enjoy like read it and enjoy the story and connect with the characters that's all that matters see i wanted to connect with annalise because i've been where she is yeah questioning my sexuality right um i haven't gotten to experiment like she did because you've been in committed relationships right yeah um so i wanted to connect with her but i couldn't really connect with her because like you said her character was one-dimensional right and you're an actual human being with flaws yeah and likes and dislikes but i did enjoy it while i read it but now that i'm looking (laughs) back at it i'm like yeah this could have been done better it could have been done better yeah but there i don't know um our next book oh that's right let's read it oh we haven't covered our fetish either (laughs) we haven't okay so the fetish we decided to go on was role play right yes because they're teacher and student throughout the whole book um and then in brinley's syllabus there is a spot where they're supposed to role play and annalise comes in and she's pretending that there's somebody that they don't know 
which is like a classic rom-com role play like uh-huh. Ooh, let's spice up this relationship yep. i mean even modern family did it <laughs> you know so she walks into the bar pretending that she doesn't know brenly and then brenly picks her up and they go up to brenly's apartment and they have sex um and then later I think it's like the next day or a couple of days later or something like that. They role play that they're wife, wife and wife. They role play that they're married. And um, Brenly is coming home from a long day at work at the hospital. And Annalise is in the kitchen wearing nothing but an apron cooking. I mean, that would be hot. Right. Um, I've done that before. But I, I don't think I was cooking anything too, like... Like bacon she or wasn't actually cooking. She was oh. just pretending to cook. What's the fun of that? Because Annalise can't cook. Oh, okay. That's fair. But still, I... <laughs> so she was just in the kitchen pretending to stir something in a pot. And Brinley's like, what are you making, babe? And she's like, oh, your favorite, chicken parm. And <laughs> She was stirring something in the pot. <laughs> she was just stirring the pot. There was nothing that's in the pot. She fantastic. was just stirring. Um, that makes no sense whatsoever, even for nope. role playing with like, nope. <laughs> like, but that's also one of the moments where Brinley realizes that she's falling for her because, like, they both really got off on the fact that they were married. <laughs> I can't, I understand that one, okay? That I can understand that connection, but I like the way they got there and role playing with the cooking of all things. Mm-hmm. It seems weird. Well, in the story, it made sense because they were in the kitchen and they were cooking dinner or Brenly. No, that's what it was. It was Thanksgiving and Annalise was heating up the leftovers and Brenly was like, oh my God, that's so hot. Um, I'd love to see walk in and see you wearing nothing but an apron. Let's role play this. Because <laughs> Annalise was like, well, this is the extent of my cooking knowledge is okay. heating things up. Okay. The, <laughs> the way I see this is if she wanted to, like, hint at the whole, like, I find it hot, the idea that we she wants to eventually get to the point where they're like, oh, we really enjoyed role playing being married. Uh-huh. She could have led that up a little bit better where she was like like they were cleaning or maybe Brinley was actually cooking and Annalise was in there like struggling to cook and Brinley yeah. helped her. Yeah. And like that put them close together and so they were t- like the bodies were naturally coming together. Mm-hmm. And then she's like and then you know, Brinley would be like, ha, 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 you you know, like, could, you know, like, hey, wifey, can you pass me that? And she's like, ooh, I like that. Nope, it just, it, yeah. w- it wasn't natural. It was just. That was another thing. I did not like how unnatural everything was. Yeah. Yeah, it felt, everything felt forced. Yeah. There was ways of doing it naturally. There hitting, was. Hitting those same marks that she wanted to hit. Mm-hmm. Cleaning would have also been a great one. Yep. Especially when you have somebody getting down on their all fours and they're like reaching for stuff mm-hmm. and there's butts in the air, you know. That would have been a better one. That that would have been great. I'm like, ooh, look at my wifey 
getting the getting it done. I don't know. So that was the role play. <sighs> We're doing Death's Obsession, right? I hope yes. I hope Death's Obsession is better. <laughs> like according to the reviews that I read when looking at that book, hopefully. Yeah. Um which I also read the synopsis of it, or not the synopsis, but the the blurb. Right. Um but I saw this TikTok and it said I've never <laughs> picked a book based solely on its dedication, and then the one for this one, and they put up on the screen and it was like, Oh, we need to cover this book. <laughs> Which I think the dedication is for all the women who um ever thought that the Grim Reaper would fuck like a god. Yeah. Or something along those lines. Something like that. Yeah. You ready for the description? Mm-hmm. Okay. And this one is for uh, Death's Obsession by Avina St. Graves. It's available on Kindle. It's 176 pages. Just dropped on June 4th, so it's really new. It says, he's coming for you. Death is meant to come on a chariot of broken dreams or in the dark trenches of a storm, not in love letters and gifts. He did not take my soul when I was meant to die. He did not want it at all the other times that I've offered it to him on a silver platter. Yet time and time again, he reminds me that I am his. His night monster, his dark love, his perfect other. Death was the only thing keeping me alive. He watches me from the corner, taunts me with sweet messages, marks my body with his touch as I sleep. Oh, that's going to be a fun one. He, <laughs> he took the people that I love away from me. Still, no one believed when I saw that I saw the faceless man the night of the accident. No one can escape death. Me? I'm chasing it. Oh my goodness. I hope there's some sleeping some sleeping kink in there. I absolutely love a good sleep kink. Mm-hmm. Where they're, like, completely, like, passed out and vulnerable and then, like, go in and, like, start. Yep. Yep. It sounds like there's going to be. I hope so. That made me so <laughs> fucking excited. But. It made you so excited you had to stop reading for Yes! <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, it's. It does sound really good, and the TikTok, yeah, it was, like, the TikTok had a bunch of reviews. Mm -hmm. This one already has um, 908 on Amazon, which isn't a lot of reviews, but it's brand new. (laughs) Like, it hasn't even been out a whole month yet. Right. And I'm pretty sure that she's not, like, an international bestseller or anything like that, so for... For her to be number two in romantic erotica, number four in gothic fiction, number nine in gothic romance, and 276 in, like, in books in general Mm -hmm. on Amazon is fantastic. Right. And it's a 4.2 out of five stars. So, yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to be good. If anything, Amazon's good at its analytics. (laughs) You mean TikTok is? Both. (laughs) Um, Amazon's becoming a tech company slowly but surely they start off as a book publisher they went to selling everything in the world and now they're moving into data and tech (laughs) which sounds really weird but it's true 
like their um their server service is like the rec it's the one that most people go for Hmm. over google Hmm. which is insane that is but yeah so i think that's about all the time we have for this month yeah um follow us on instagram tiktok Facebook, so for solstice, Twitter, I'm gonna wear a pretty yellow um, dress with this with my blondie t-shirt. And then Jack got I introduced to blondie. She's the if you've never heard K-A-K-I-E-S. blondie, you really need to look into their music. They're mwah, chef's and kiss, beautiful. Love I'm them. On TikTok, Instagram, um, but we're gonna have a picnic Twitter. and we're gonna play board games. I think that's it. We might play Cards Against Humanity yeah. in public. That'd be uh, interesting. Thanks for listening. Bye. We'll see y'all next time. Bye. <laughs>